WRKS Pickens Jackson. Live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. We're back. It's the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming live worldwide on the Out of Bounds Radio app. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. What is that thing? The Zone. Oh, man. Uh, lunch today brought to you by the uh, Wings and Street Tacos at Two Brothers. Smoked meats and um, Starkville, Mississippi, not but a, about two miles from where I am right now. want to say good morning. Welcome in. Hope you're doing well. I've got Blake Mania with me. That'd be Blake Scott. He could be any number of things. I can't say some of the things I call him, but he's uh, the Blakey Blakester, Blake Mania, or Blake Scott. Uh, depending on what's going on. I'm your host, Bo Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. And y'all know we have a lot going on, which is fun in in sport. Wild, fun, crazy, not so fun when coaches get fired. But this is, this is what happens when, you know, when you're last in the SEC in pitching. Uh, this hour is brought to you by Rick's Pro Truck, RPT Commercial in Pearl, and there are two retail locations in Flowood and Gluckstadt. Uh, Blake and I have gotten both set of, sets of our tires from Rick's Pro Truck in Gluckstadt. And I'll just be honest, my Jeep looks amazing with everything that they did to the Jeep. So whether it's a truck, an SUV, or a Jeep, or your fleet, as far as your business or company, Rick's Pro Truck. Dot com. Twitter handle at Bowbounds, the Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoors caller line. Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoors caller line, 601-995-1059. Check out their amazing selection of easy-go golf cars at Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoors. Also, hit us up on the text line, John Deere Tractor. Ag Up Equipment, text line 601-885-3776. Ole Miss baseball played last night. Mississippi State did not. Ole Miss pulled out a win against Arkansas Little Rock. And they went ahead and traveled up. Oh, well, no, they were, in, they were in Oxford. It was kids' day, sorry. Uh, they'll leave today, and they'll go to Columbia, Missouri, because they have a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series with the – Missouri Wildcats. And it's big. There's still a shot. May not be a uh, a great shot, but there's still a shot to salvage the season because you pull Missouri, Auburn, and Bama. Speaking of, um, and we've talked about Scott Foxhall. I think we all, we know where that is. And Blake and I have come to the conclusion that Lamonis is back unless he embarrasses, unless there's embarrassment down the stretch. In other words, I think he could almost go one and eight if he's competitive. I know that's not acceptable for some of you. I'm just walking through real quick and then I'm leaving it because I feel like a broken record. Um, one and eight and competitive, I still think it's 80 plus percent. Two and seven in competitive, I mean, yeah, I'm going 90. Uh, obviously, if he goes three and six, it's 100 percent. So there you go. That that's my Lamonis odds for you, according to the bounds book of of betting, <laughs> out of bounds book of of betting and and odds. 
Um, I, there's strong rumors he's going to bring in either Oral Hershiser or Tony Larusa <laughs> as an interim pitching coach here down the stretch. So you can go with whatever rumor you want to go. It doesn't matter to me. And I heard all kinds of things last night at Commodore Bob's as I was having their sirloin special, which was magnificent. And shout out to Kevin with Long Branch. I had a Long Branch bourbon on the rocks. Okay, and it was delicious. They've got a great bourbon selection, by the way. Now, Hugh Freeze was kind of loose a little bit. You, you know, sometimes you can find coaches will get like that Boy, in the offseason. you got to be careful with that sentence. <laughs> and uh, I thought it was fantastic for Sports Talk Radio. And again, the show is the, the show is brought to you by the amazing cryotherapy at Core Cryotherapy and Wellness in the township uh, in Ridgeland. And I love it that I didn't even I, I tee up Tom Luganville, and he's like, yeah, I love cryotherapy, and it's great for you. And it is. Uh, and you can get it. It only takes a few minutes at Core Cryotherapy and Wellness in the township. But Hugh Freeze was talking to reporters, and he got into his uh, his two phones. Here you go. Yeah, my phone, both phones are ringing right now, and I guarantee you it's something to do with recruiting. And, uh, yeah, you know, this is a good one. <laughs> it's just Hugh for There are certain people in our world that are the gift that keep on giving. Hugh Freeze, Ed O., and and some others and good grief i mean what what how many segments have we done on ed on eddie o and hugh freeze i mean they're both wonderful flawed crazy funny weird Uh, you you could you could use any number of adjectives but uh man they are the straw that stirs the drink and Hugh Freeze references two phones. Blake, do you think those were both, uh, you know, just recruiting phones? Well, um, here's the question. We're all expected to learn and grow through life. So if one of those wasn't a burner phone, has Freeze really grown up? Ooh. Especially the freeze factor. Ooh. Ooh, 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 What's it going to be like when Hugh Freeze comes back to Oxford next year? I wish he was coming, like, right now. Yeah, it would have been better. You know, Mullen comes back to start, well, rips their heart out. Joe Moorhead's career was over, really, that that day. Um, and Joe's such a nice guy. You always have to say that. Remember that. If you're eating a meat and three today, or you're having a cold beer this afternoon on your deck, hopefully you've had Mosquito Joe come by so you'll be comfortable. But... Remember what you have to say with your buddies when you're referencing Joe Moorhead or Matt Luke for the rest of your life if you're a Mississippian. But he's a nice guy. Um, Freeze in Oxford, Blake. So this year, Ole Miss goes to Auburn, and they're going to lose. Oh, wow. Um, you know, I mean, I, I put it at what? 80% that Mississippi State and Ole Miss lose on the road in turn there. Uh Ole Miss has had some success against Auburn. Mississippi State's had a ton of success against Auburn. I mean, when you compare them uh, to the other SEC West schools, Auburn's probably see, the most. What you don't really, you've lived, and sometimes you go a little not not bad, but you go a little. Well, sometimes you do go bad, but negative MSU fan. And I got Ole Miss. I got Ole Miss friends who do the same thing. Pessimist. Patrick Kelly is hilarious. 
Finch and Kelly. He is so funny when he goes negative. Ole Miss. Or what what are they what, what wham we are Ole Miss? Yeah. Um but you know you don't understand what I witnessed in the eighties as far as what Pat Dye did to Ole Miss in Mississippi State. It was criminal. It, it I mean it was he beat Old Miss, I mean, Auburn beat Old Miss so bad one day in Veterans Memorial Stadium with Bo Jackson that Bo Jackson had taken off his cleats, his socks, his his uh, shoulder pads, and like his undershirt in the third quarter. Um, Pat Dye, it, it was a massacre. And, and then, you know, Mississippi State woke up one morning and said they wanted to start playing football, hired Jackie Sherrill. And since then, they have beat all. Since 19, I'd love to know the number. Since 1990, because Mullen beat Auburn several times, Joe beat Auburn, and Leach went on the road and beat Auburn and beat them at home last year. They beat Auburn since 91. I would I would guess more than the the prior, the 60 years prior to 91. Blake Scott. Yeah, uh, Mississippi State. Mississippi State has 13 wins over Auburn since 1991. They have 29 wins against Auburn in their program history. Yes, I was close. So that's about 30 times they played them. They've won 13 times. You think Jackie Sherrill and Dan Mullen turned it around? You think they were bad prior to his arrival? My goodness gracious, Dave Bartu at uh, 9:30. The show is brought to you by Core Cryotherapy and wellness in the township across from Sombra. Core cryotherapy and wellness across from Sombra in the township. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it, after a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to, and I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. And that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Driven by your next Nissan Pathfinder. 
Oh, man. Canon Nissan on the hill in South Jackson. Have you checked out the new body style of the Nissan Pathfinder? It is beautiful. Woo, they have that charcoal gray one sitting out there. Nice. Very, very nice. Also, the Nissan Rogue crossover SUV. Beautiful vehicle. Super, 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 super awesome gas mileage. Oh, man. Canon Nissan Jackson on the hill in South Jackson. Go see my crew out there. Uh, super, super good group of guys. Canon Nissan. The Nissan Pathfinder is awesome. And the Nissan Rogue is the crossover. I love the body style of the Nissan Pathfinder. It's really, really, really nice. All right, out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. So I'm going to have to lay this out, and this is not going to sit well with some of you. And I'm going to go ahead and apologize. Okay? Um, This is just what I have to do. Right? So I'm Bo Bounds. This is the Out of Bounds Show. And um, here's the deal. Uh, And I like this dude. He's a wonderful listener. Paramet. Paramedic Jay on the Ag Up Equipment John Deere Tractor text line said this. Uh, because I was talking about SEC football on Friday night. And it's coming. And and it should. And it'll be amazing. And I, I'm looking for something to do on Friday night. You know, I'm in my 40s. My kids are, uh, you know, both of them will be in college in August. And, you know, just different phase, different stage, life. And Paramedic Jay said, uh, Bo, I'm of the opinion that the SEC didn't do Friday night games because high school football is so prominent in the South. Okay. One, you are right. Part of, part of what you said is correct. High school football is prominent in the South. Uh, for example, we have an amazing school on 50,000 watt FM ESPN 1059 The Zone MRA football. It's been great for them and great for us. All right. I mean, it's the premier sports talk radio station in the state. It's the monster. It's in the metro area. They got that spot. It's awesome. I've been to a bunch of games, right? My daughter went to MRA. My son goes to MRA. Da da da. Uh, there's other great, great, great high school f- football around the state Rankin County, Madison County, Pine Belt. Oxford, Starble, and then there's those little cubby holes that we talk about, Lumberton and all those places where they just, they will wear your tail out. Um, it's kind of like the NFL, guys. The NFL doesn't care about college football's feelings. They're going to put their games where they want to put their games. What did Tom Luganville just say about Thursday night football? Do you remember when, Bo? I was like, yes, Tom, I lived it in the SEC. You didn't. I mean, I love him. Look, in the 90s, that was the biggest deal going. Because Oxford Start Bowl, it, we had not done the whole stay all weekend, spend millions of dollars over the weekend. I mean, Start Bowl was a sleepy town, but believe me, I spent four months in Oxford and a lot of time in the 90s. It was kind of sleepy. Okay? I mean, it, it, it wasn't Vegas and still isn't. But but the deal, Thursday night football was huge. Do you think that the NFL ever said, let's say I'm the commissioner, which I should be, and Blake's the co-commissioner. Blake, do you think that we should put our games on, NFL games on Thursday night? 
Yes. Like she's well, Bo, San Diego State and BYU are on the schedule this year. I don't know. It so here's the deal. Can I tell you something about high school football is big. High school football is super duper local. Yeah, you know how we talk about major league baseball is local and regional? I mean the Phillies are huge in their market. The Dodgers, their T V deal in their market. The Diamondbacks in their market. There's a few with a little national appeal, right? Yankees, Cubs, Dodgers, Red Sox. Um, but these teams, the Reds, when Jeff Brantley tells me about the Reds, they are huge in their market. High school football is not college football. College football is not the NFL. And if college football decides that they want to put marquee game, marquee, not, not Nevada against New Mexico State, th- that's not what I'm talking about. Marquee games on Friday night, it, they're not going to be worried about high school football. So I think high school football is amazing. Um, I won't be attending many more high school football games, but I'm going in another, you know, stage of life. Now, do I pull them up when I'm in Startville or on the back patio on Friday night if there's a game I'm interested in? Heck, yeah, I love it. Love it. Uh, and I love the fact that they're throwing more and and more, you know, all that. But, dude, I would take Friday night and drop some marquee games there, just like the NFL finally looked at it several years ago and said, you know what, starting in December, we'll take Saturday. And I don't know what the NFL is going to do later on as far as Saturday football. I, I don't know how that looks. I cannot tell you what it looks 10 years from now. But uh, you know what the NFL did take? They took Thursday night. How did that work? Did the big bad SEC have a voice in that? They didn't. Do your Mississippi State Bulldogs and Ole Miss Rebels play on Thursday night anymore? They don't. So, I've always thought high school should go to Thursday night. Some. You know, more than they do. I know early in the year, every now and then a team will play on Thursday night. But I've always thought that they should strongly consider sprinkling more than one game on Thursday night. And don't tell me junior high plays on Thursday night because junior high can play on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday night. All right. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, driven by your next Nissan Pathfinder at Cannon Nissan on the Hill in South Jackson. Woo. Man, what a show today, Blake. Blake, let's go over your menu again from last night. <laughs> now, I had – hold on. real. I went to Commodore Bob, sat at the bar, ended up with the Mississippi State coach that I didn't know was going to be there, and, and had a wonderful meal. And then I uh, got to see my daughter later and actually fixed her dinner. And um, but, but I have to eat earlier just because I'm older. And so, Blake Mania, tell me about this boss sauce on the wings and how this fried okra worked for you last night. Yeah. So, with, uh, with your, with this, with this date that you had, <laughs> I just, I went and, uh, went to this new place, Twisted Hold Turnip. On, does it, she have a name or are you going to give she it? She does not going to give it. Okay. Go ahead. Um, because there's plenty of people who would probably know who it is. Um, Ooh, I love so, it. Suspense. I like this. So we went to Twisted Turnip, which is a new place out in uh, in Gluckstadt. And it's like Southern, you know, it's exactly what you and I talk about. It's the Southern favorites, but with like an actual culinary flair to it, right? You know, so instead of the meat and three that kind of we grew, our parents grew up on, you know, the, mm. the Piccadilly meat and three approach. It's, it's, Ooh. it's a, it's an elevated culinary attempt at okay. Southern food. Uh, so we had, 
we had the fried okra straws or or whatever. They're not, you know, it's not the bites. It's the like mm-hmm. long pieces cut in half and fried. They were mm-hmm. crispy, delicious, homemade white remoulade sauce. We had some wings with this boss sauce, which was like a tangy, sweet barbecue <laughs> sauce. I mean, it had a little back heat. Like this is what I like about it. I'm not a hot. I don't want hot for the sake of hot. You know what I mean? Okay. That's not my mo. So okay. this was a heat where it's like you get flavor up front and heat on the backside, which is a great way to live life. You know, it's like the mullet. You you business in the front, party in the back. That's kind of what this <laughs> sauce brought to the table. And uh, and then we had this. Uh, it's really cool. I've never seen this before, but it makes sense. They did they do a boiled peanut hummus, which uh, was pretty awesome. I mean, I didn't. I guess I knew you could make hummus out of peanuts, but I didn't know. You know took a southern flair of the boiled peanut and then put it with hummus. And, uh, yeah, it was really good. And then we had these, uh, basically, they call them vroom vroom shrimp. It's like bang bang shrimp, you know what I mean? It's like that version of the of the kind of Asian southern sauce with the, on, on fried Damn. shrimp. So your tummy was full. Dude, it was fire. I'm not going to lie. It was really good. Okay. Really good. All right, well, let me drop something on that hummus. How about some boar's head? The number one selling hummus in the United States is boar's head. Since 1905, family-owned, fifth-generation Boar's Head. Premium meats, premium cheeses, premium hummus. No GMO, all that preserved. Eh, phenomenal, high-quality premium meats, cheeses, and hummus. So if you want some hummus, go to the store and grab some Boar's Head hummus. Day Bar 2. If he wakes up, Day Bar 2. Coming up next. Oh, man. The numbers nerd, Dave Bartu on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. This guy, I mean, whether it's college football analytics, analytics, NFL draft, sports betting, I mean, he he covers, he runs the gamut of, of sports. And uh, that's why we love him. We got him out of uh, the thicket of woods uh, behind his house, and he has decided to do an NFL draft draft kind of college football hit for us here in may as we're excited to have him on this is out of bounds espn 105.9 the zone and the show is brought to you by jason young at botrell insurance with over 30 years of experience maximizing contractors bonding capacity all over the southeast proven history of responding with a sense of urgency and optimism to his clients' bid and contract bond needs. Jason Young, Bottrell Agency. Unbelievable book of business that he has built in the Southeast. We welcome in Bartu. Bartu, you and I were talking yesterday. Um, I guess I talked to you about 5 o'clock your time yesterday afternoon. And you said you had stumbled on some things as far as the NFL draft and college football. So I'm going to tee you up and let you run with uh, things that have gotten you all worked up and excited. <laughs> well, you know me. What gets me worked up is, is finding numbers nobody else is looking at, right? And, uh, and, and the big one that I find most interesting, whole draft so far, you're probably hearing a lot about it already. How many guys with a college transfer on the resume make it to the NFL? 
And it's an amazing number. Last year, 2022 in the NFL, 84 guys with a college transfer on their resume made an NFL roster last year. The previous nine years, the total was 90. I'll say that again for those in the back, right? Last year, 84 guys with a college transfer on their resume made an NFL roster. Previous nine years combined, only 90 guys. So we're we're at an eight-year high in the NFL for guys with a college transfer on our resume, which, I mean, that's not not a surprise. But we're also at another eight-year high in the NFL, which is the lowest number of starts per guy with a transfer on their resume. That's right. When you do the math, transfers, guys in the NFL with a transfer, they have been going up, up, up. They're at an eight-year high. But the number of starts per guy in the NFL is at an eight-year low. Each one of those guys is averaging only about 1.4 starts per transfer guy. Four years ago, it was nearly seven. So these guys are making it in the NFL. They ain't playing. They ain't playing at all. And and, and I, I can't prove it, you know, because I haven't talked to enough guys. But that transfer mentality, that is a red flag for GMs. Unless you're some crazy superstar player, you know, first, second round, maybe even third round talent. Uh, transfers, it's it's not really working that much at the NFL. They're taking the guys, but they're not seeing the field, Bo. Okay, how do I... How do I look at these numbers that you just presented mm-hmm. and and counter with some of this is because we've now got this new modern transfer rule, right, Bartu? Mm-hmm. Whereas when you and I yeah. were growing up, you had to sit out a year. And up until the last couple of years, you had to sit out a year. And now you can freely transfer and not sit out. So how do I take those numbers but then weigh this new modern transfer rule that has – uh, now 10 times, 20 times, 30 more play, times uh, more players transferring because they don't have to sit out, Bartu. Well, I, I think there's two things that I am trying to draw a hypothesis from, right? If you're, okay. if you're, so if you're a college, let's, what's important right now? You're a college football coach, right? Well, Ole Miss and Mississippi State football is way more important than New Orleans football, right? So let's look at it from a college coach perspective. So... What I'm seeing in the NFL is the NFL, the guys that they're taking, they're really not being that productive, right? They're, they're, they're being graded as a guy that has good talent, but the production isn't there. So, number one, I need to vet these transfer guys into my program a lot harder. A lot harder because the guys that do transfer, there's a certain mentality to it, and it's not transferring onto the field in the NFL. So why would it transfer on the field in college football? So buyer beware, you know, so you, you go with the whole Deion Sanders theory of, Hey, we're going to build this thing with transfers, knock yourself out. They are not successful players at the NFL level right now. So, uh, you know, if I'm a head coach, if I'm ops, I got to really dig into why these guys are transferred. I got to go deeper than just, can this guy have an impact on my program? The the other part of it is, if I'm a head coach, uh, is can I use this information to try to keep guys from transferring? Look, you want some guys to leave, right? They can't crack the two deep. They're not really making a big impact. It's good and bad cholesterol. Some of these guys got to go, no matter what. You know, 
I mean, even before the transfer portal was wide open, a third of your, a third of your running backs were gone by year two that you signed, even before the transfer portal. So, you know, guys churn all the time. But can you use this information to say, you know, look, Bo, I, you know, you can transfer, but look at the numbers. You're getting no coaching continuity. You, you are possibly falling behind the learning curve going to the NFL or going to the NFL by transferring two or more schools. And so maybe they can use that information to get more guys, to, the good ones they want to keep, stay on campus and be coached um, and, and really improve their, their draft stock because these numbers might also be saying these guys are behind the learning curve. Right, they're transferring. They're going from coach to coach to coach to coach to coach in the transfer portal, program to program, culture to culture. Does that make it harder for them to acclimate to the rigors of professional football as well? Okay, so we'll need you know we'll need several more years, but you're right. you're following this the, the numbers and the pattern, and mm-hmm. we're trying because you're not a believer of going. You're okay with picking up a few transfers. But uh, at the college level, but you are not a believer in going and getting 13, 15, 20 guys, much less 50 guys like Deion Sanders, right? Yeah. Well, let's let's use Deion as an example. Let's use Deion as an example because he's been in the news a lot, right? About losing, what what has he lost now? 75, 80% of his roster? Yes. Okay. Um, And the numbers, conclusively, the numbers across the board. In the NFL, and I know NFL, college football, it's hard to draw comparisons, but we're going to do it anyways. In the NFL, it is absolutely conclusive in the numbers. The more free agents you have, the less guys that help your team through the draft and through undrafted free agency, the worse your franchise is. Okay, Last year, NFL, last year, 2022, the team with the most free agents on their roster for the season, Houston Texans. I don't think they were very good. They were 58% free agents. 57% free agents. Carolina Panthers. Mm, Not so good. Okay? Guess who was number two in free agency? Fewest guys in free agency on their roster. Oh, Kansas City Chiefs. 34%. Philadelphia Eagles, number four. 36%. You starting to follow my little – you connecting the dots here? Right? Yeah. Free agency is good for filling holes, but you build an NFL franchise through the draft and undrafted free agency. Okay? Almost all of your playoff teams are under 50% free agents. Almost all of them. You know, there, there's exceptions to that little rule of thumb. But, and your bad teams, they're all in the mid high 50 for free agency. So we're talking Colorado. We're looking at what? 70, 80% free agents? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he's so screwed if these numbers hold through to college football, right? I mean, he is absolutely dead man walking if this pass, you know, this pig passes through the python in his program like it does in the NFL. The other thing, the other little tidbit that I found interesting is he said, he said we're going to run this like a fifty-three man NFL roster. And here's another little nugget that Dion is not considering. This this tells me right here he is he's only reading the surface. He's reading the back couple of pages of this book. Yeah, there's 53 guys on the NFL roster, but last year the average NFL team to get through a 16 game, 17 game season season 
they had to have 71 different guys on their roster. See, now the NFL has an advantage. They, they have practice squads. They got, they got guys waiting. They got number 54, number 55, number 56 guy waiting to come in and fill spots. But if Dion just goes, Hey, we're going to roll it out with 53, there is no practice squad at Colorado, man. You know, so I think he's devaluing the number of guys you also need to play an entire college or NFL football season. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Dave Bartu. Bartu on the Out of Bounds Show and the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Fascinating. Okay. Wow. Um, all right. So, Anthony, is there anything else there, or do I need to kind of ask you a few questions about what played out um, Thursday well, yeah. as far as yeah. Anthony Richards? I, well, maybe not Anthony Richardson, besides just shorting Indianapolis Colts win futures. You know, I think that'd probably be the first thing I did. Um, you know, and, and, and God bless him if he actually makes it. I mean, he'll, he'll be, uh, I mean, he, if, if he makes it in the NFL, he will be, actually, if he makes it in the NFL with the Colts, he will be the biggest anomaly on my spreadsheet this century. He will be the biggest quarterback anomaly this century wow. if he sticks wow. with the Colts. Okay, so God bless him if he makes it. I will absolutely bet that uh, he does not. Now, he, the the one thing I want to address about the draft, see, you see all those running backs taken? Yeah. There's a whole bunch of running backs taken. And, um, you know, and, and it's been kind of common. It's been a common discussion that taking a running back in the first round is a bad idea. Right. But are who's what numbers are these people looking at? Because let's look at running back production. Because I, I believe if, if I'm a GM, if I'm drafting somebody, what I want to draft, I want to draft starters, right? You know, over the last 10 years, your average tight end drafted in the first round gets you 109 starts. In the first, your first round tight ends get you 109 starts. Your That's second good. round tight ends get you, yeah, oh, dude, your, your, your defensive lineman gets you 101 starts. Right? Your second round defensive lineman gets you fifty eight starts. Your third round defensive lineman get you forty two. Your fourth round defensive lineman get you forty one. So that's that, that third, fourth defensive line round lineman, eh, you know, you can pass on the third round. The value's gonna be there in the fourth round. NFL quarterbacks, first rounders, average number of starts, hundred. Average number of second round court NFL quarterback drafts starts, ninety nine. Same guy. Right then, third round it drops to forty-five. You know, tight ends one hundred nine to sixty-three, down to forty-five. Running backs first. And this is what I wanted to get to: is first round running backs on average over the last decade, two thousand thirteen to twenty twenty-two. Your average first round running back is going to get you one hundred and seven starts. It's going to get you seven years of starts. Your second round guy, biggest drop. 41. Third round guy, 30. Fourth round guy, 14. In fact, your second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round running back combined won't even average as many starts as a first round running back. But they're saying, oh, don't draft those guys in the first round. That doesn't work out. Actually, it works out bloody phenomenal. What doesn't work out is giving them a contract extension. 
I'll, I'll bet money right now that Robinson and what was what was the dude from Alabama? Whatever, Biggs, Gibbs, Gibbs, whatever. Gibbs. Yeah. Bet you both those guys will work out great. Bet you one of them has a ten year ten year run, right? By the numbers and and everybody taken after that, they're 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 all really good. But the numbers say they're not going to give you that kind of production. So running backs first round, I love it. Just go in with the mentality is year five, you're trading them all for draft picks. Everything for draft picks, right? Because, you know, from a, from a physicality standpoint, they're not going to hold up. But when you look at the numbers, the absolute best value in running back, if you're looking for a long-term starter, <laughs> it's in the first round, man. Okay. Okay. I, I, I can live with that, as Blake and I yeah. have discussed Zeke Elliott and – he was productive his first three to four years, and then Jerry Jones gave him $100 million, and the, de- the, the decline was too steep to justify that kind of investment on you know, the right, last Right, last but, but, but with Zeke, when, when, when you gave him that extension, when Jerry gave him that extension, mm-hmm. how, how, what, what kind of draft value could, could you got out of that? Was he, still, was he still considered really good? I mean, could you have gotten some picks out of that thing? Oh, they you could know. have gotten some juice, not not right? anything significant. I mean, not first, second okay. round type so, stuff. Okay, so I mean, if if Jerry went in with the mentality is I'm going to draft Zeke and I'm just going to ride this until the contract expires, uh, or the year before and trade it, you know how how does how does that draft pick look now? If you save all that money and you get draft picks out of it and you move on to another running back when the contract comes up, you no, know, now, that's a now great looks, question. Right, uh, Blake. Blake nerds out on this more. I, I wonder if if right at the end of, of Zeke's uh, first contract, yeah. if Jerry could have gotten a third round pick for him, because then you you know right. that's a hu- that's probably a huge win. You don't invest a hundred million. You got those you, you you got those first few years where his legs were good, and then you kind of win and you go, dang, we get we got a third third. I don't even know if they would have gotten that high, but but even well, fourth, right. I but think they would have done it. hundred million dollars. Right, they should have hundred million dollars of cap space, right? And, well, and so, and, and I see Dallas when I'm looking at the numbers. Their greatest fault is they hang on to the guys they draft too long. Okay, mm. I, I think there's a good mix. Remember how I said the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, thirty four percent of their entire roster last year were uh, were free agents, guys they didn't yes. draft or guys they didn't bring as a draft free agents, and then the Eagles were thirty six percent, right? Mm-hmm. And then a lot of there's a lot of other teams in there that were in the 30s, you know, the Bills and this, that, and the other. And then from 34, there is a massive drop down to 26 percent, and that's the Cowboys. I think that I think the weakness of the Cowboys in the numbers is their inability to let their draft picks go. It's the other right. way around. Houston can't draft worth a damn, and they just stock the thing with crappy free agents, and they don't go anywhere. <laughs> there's no, there's no continuity, right? There's no balance. Um, you know, the Saints. I think they're at thirty nine, forty percent. No, oh no, they dropped. They dropped. They were they were fifty four percent last year. So the Saints really, really dropped. Um, but I think Dallas. I, I think their fatal flaw in roster management when you look at the numbers is their lack of ability to dump guys when they need to be dumped. Um, and, and they have too many guys on the roster that they're paying that they drafted. You know, that whole Jerry Jones family mentality. 
I think right. he holds on to it too much to their mm-hmm. detriment. They just don't have the right churn. I would love to see the Cowboys change that mentality um, and, and let go of guys a little bit more, a little bit sooner, and get a better churn of drafted guys and free agents. I think they got too many drafted guys in the in the in the franchise. Okay, boy, it's a fine line, isn't it, in the mm-hmm. NFL? Bar two. I, that's amazing. Yeah. The numbers you just threw out to us that that Kansas City and Philadelphia and Buffalo, all amazing teams last year, mm-hmm. were in that thirty four to kind of thirty six range. I mean, you just got to hit the sweet, and then when you get up to in the fifties plus, too much, and below thirty, too little, and and Dallas only churned it at about. So basically, they brought in twenty six percent of their roster was free agents, is what you're telling me, right? Right, and the rest of the guys that filled out their their twenty twenty two roster, you know, and like mm. I said, it's the average of seventy one guys were guys they drafted and undrafted free agents, mm. um, and, and you look at that over. Uh, the last 10 years, Dallas is the leader in the NFL in that percentage. They, they, they do a really, really good job in the draft. Um, mm-hmm. But <laughs> I, I, it's almost they hang on to these guys for just a little bit too long. Wow. Okay. So, you know, it, it, it's just a, it, it's a different way of, uh, of looking at that. So, um, but you, you see it across the board. That, that's pretty much standard. You've got to have a good balance of what you draft and your free agents. Too much, um, you might, un, you know, you're just not going to be a good franchise. It's really rare you get a like when the like when the Rams took a chance and dumped a bunch of draft picks for free agents. They still had a lot of drafted guys on their roster, um, but it, it's to put something like that together. It's an anomaly. It's rare, and to, to do that is. It's, it's a bad fate, in my opinion. Okay. All right, we'll we'll leave it there. Um, did LSU upgrade their defensive line coach when he went to the NFL, Dave Bartu? Oh, uh, their 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 entire staff grade. So we'll we'll look at it from an entire staff grade standpoint, um, one through eleven. Uh, we had their staff downgraded. LSU lost a really good defensive line coach uh, to the NFL. And uh, so no, we, we we don't we don't have LSU staff going up. I do have I do have Beamers. Uh, when the guy he just pulled out of Tulane, uh, he's better than the guy he lost. So uh, South Carolina got a little bit uh, a little bit of an uptick there uh, in that uh, in that ex- <laughs> in that exchange. I think South Carolina won that exchange. Is what I'm saying. That's not good. Mississippi State plays at South Carolina. In week four, Bartu, you're still of the mindset. Real quick, we got two minutes. Yeah. That Zach Arnett's a new coach, right? You're excited about some of the things he did, uh, yep. but if he can pull out six and six with the learning curve of being a first year head coach in the Southeastern Conference in the SEC West Division, that is a and major win for Arnett and, and fans, right? <laughs> and that schedule, right? I mean, yeah. come on, Dan and Mike won nine games combined their first year. And the SEC is way tougher today than when they started their, their ten years back then. So, yeah, it, it, it is. Um, we, we went through the schedule. I, I think what were we we were projecting Vegas will have them at uh, over under five five and a half wins. I think yeah. I think six would be six would be solid. Speaking of the draft, 
um, number three team in the SEC West over the last 10 years in average NFL starts per player is Mississippi State. Number that's three incredible. in the entire SEC West. Um, so that's rock solid. Number one is Tennessee. Ten- Tennessee actually has more starts per player in the NFL over the last decade than anyone else in the SEC. How about we go to the bottom four, just because I know this, because uh, you're such a uh, state honk, we got to put Ole Miss in the bottom four for you. Or should we just avoid that and just say Vanderbilt, Ar- Auburn, and Arkansas are bottom three? <laughs> Okay, so it's Ole Miss, Auburn, Vanderbilt, and who? Some Arkansas. Yeah, so it's the bottom. Yeah, the the the, the, bottom, the 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 dead bottom of it out of out of sixteen teams in the SEC. Because I'll throw in Oklahoma and Texas as well. Uh, Arkansas is averaging twenty starts per player in the NFL over the last decade. That is that is fourteenth uh, of the current fourteen SEC teams. Auburn's thirteen, uh, and Vanderbilt is twelve at twenty five starts per player. You're amazing. Be good. See you, buddy. Take it easy, man. Dave Bartu on the Out of Bounds Show brought to you by Extra Mile Automotive, one of Mississippi's top auto repair facilities. Extra Mile Automotive in Pearl. Extra Mile Automotive, from minor services to major engine overhaul. They have worked on all of our vehicles. I'm glad I found them two years ago. Extra Mile Automotive in Pearl, Mississippi's top auto repair facility. Extra Mile Automotive in Pearl. See you tomorrow. I'm going to Two Brothers.